Hi, thank you for listening to Coffee Talk. I am your host, Liv Alliston. I just wanted to give you a quick reminder to leave us a review and be sure to give us a rating on iTunes and Spotify. It really helps us out. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would really appreciate that. And any comments that you would like to share, uh, we would really love seeing that. So thank you so much for your support and thank you for listening. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you a message that God gave to me for the women of my church. Uh, We have been going through a series called Harmony of the Gospels and Acts, and I have given a couple of messages uh, that I've um, put onto the podcast that were for that. One was on identity and one was on surrender. Today, I'm going to be covering the first half of the book of Acts, and then um, I will be releasing the second half of the book of Acts in another podcast. So be sure to stay tuned for that. So I hope it blesses you. There's going to be obviously a lot of scripture. You know me, I love pulling in um, lots of scripture to back everything up and to just ground it in the Bible. So I hope you enjoy it. Hi, good afternoon. So today we are going to be in the book of Acts. We will be talking about the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the very spirit and personal presence of God himself. The Hebrew word for spirit is ruach, which means invisible energy. So just like your breath, which is invisible and powerful and absolutely necessary, so it is with God's spirit to us as believers. Jesus, who set the example that we're to follow, he was first baptized by water and then filled with the Holy Spirit before he began his evangelical ministry and before he was led by the Spirit, by the way, into the wilderness to be tempted. So the Spirit is needed to be able to withstand the trials and temptations we face on a daily basis and to be a light and witness to those around us. So bottom line, you cannot separate out or ignore the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God, and we need his spirit to endure life on earth. So let's dive into the text, and we're going to start out in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So in verse four, um, Jesus, he says to wait for the gift that God the Father promised that he himself has spoken about. So he's referring to several scriptures. We're going to look at a couple of them. Uh, The first is John chapter 14, verse 19. It says, before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. So skip down to verse 24. Um, Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The second scripture we're going to look at in reference to this uh, is John chapter 16, verse 7. 
It says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus tells us it's for our good that he goes away so that the helper could come to us. So who is this mysterious helper, this advocate um, that Jesus speaks of in these passages? So the Greek word here is parakletos, which means summoned, called to one side an intercessor, a counselor for defense, a comforter, a consoler. Um, In scripture, when speaking specifically of the Holy Spirit, it also means to lead believers to a deeper knowledge of the gospel truth and give them divine strength needed to enable them to undergo trials and persecutions on behalf of the divine kingdom. So Jesus began the work for salvation of our souls by his death and resurrection, and he is the way back to God for us. But It's through the empowerment and the indwelling Holy Spirit that our salvation is continuing to be carried out, which is what we call sanctification, when we're becoming more and more like Christ on earth. So Acts 1, we have the scene opens up with the disciples. They're waiting for this promised Holy Spirit that Jesus had told them about. So let's go ahead and turn over to Acts chapter 2. We're going to read verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So it says they were filled with the Spirit. So what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit, with the very presence of God, to have that uh, filling your, your very soul and being? What does that look like? So I'm going to, we're turning over now uh, to Ephesians 5, verse 15 through 20. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so let's look at the contrast that's given here in verse 18. It says, do not get drunk on wine. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Now, um, this is not a a no drinking talk. I enjoy a good glass of wine, but we're going to talk for a minute about what happens when you drink. So when you are filled with wine, your mind is actually affected right down to the neurological level, which then affects what comes out, right? I mean, we all know people who have said, you know, stupid things when they're drunk. So the instruction here um, that is given is to not be filled with or controlled by wine, and you can extend that to anything worldly and and of the flesh, but rather the charge here is to be filled with or to rather to be controlled by the spirit. The word tense used here is referring to a continual filling, so something that must constantly be repeated. So when the spirit of God fills us, like, like wine, it affects our mind. We begin to think differently. We see situations through an eternal lens. We see people through the eyes of their creator. And when our thinking changes, it in turn affects what we say and what we do. So we're going to go on to one of my favorite passages of scripture, Romans chapter 8. We're going to read verses 1 through 11. 
So there is now no condemnation awaiting those who belong to Christ Jesus. For the power of the life-giving spirit, and this power is mine through Jesus Christ, has freed me from the vicious circle of sin and death. We aren't saved from sin's grasp by knowing the commandments of God because we can't and don't keep them. But God put into effect a different plan to save us. He sent his own son in a human body like ours, except that ours are sinful and destroyed sin's control over us by giving himself as a sacrifice for our sins. So now we can obey God's laws if we follow after the Holy Spirit and no longer obey the old evil nature within us. Those who let themselves be controlled by their lower natures live only to please themselves. But those who follow after the Holy Spirit find themselves doing things that please God. Following after the Holy Spirit leads to life and peace, but following after the old nature leads to death because the old sinful nature within us is against God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their old and sinful selves, bent on following their old evil desires, can never please God. But you are not like that. You are controlled by your new nature if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that if anyone doesn't have the Spirit of Christ living in him, he is not a Christian at all. Yet even though Christ lives within you, your body will die because of sin, but your spirit will live for Christ has pardoned it. And if the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he will make your dying bodies live again after you die by means of the same Holy Spirit living within you. So this is a beautiful picture of what happens when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. So we are changed from within to a new creation in Christ. Through his very spirit working inside of us, he is morphing us into his image on every level, spiritually, mentally, physiologically. This is how the unsaved know who God's people are. You know, you've probably heard someone say, man, there, there's something about them that's just different. I, I just can't put my finger on it, but there's something different about them. Well, yeah, they're absolutely right. There is. As Christians, we are filled with the spirit of God and that should set us apart. If people know you and look at you and they don't pick up on the fact that you're a Christian, maybe you need to reconsider if you are or if you're a Christian that's not bearing the fruit and you're not operating and being filled with the Spirit on a daily basis. Um, As Christians, we are called to be set apart from the world. We are to be a light to them. We are not to blend in with the world. And if you blend in with the world, you need to check your heart with God because there, there's something that's not in alignment with his word and his will for your life. So now being filled with the spirit, which happens at salvation and, and operating out of the spirit, those are two very different things. So as a Christian, when we ask Jesus into our heart to save us, we're filled with the spirit, right? He comes in and he dwells inside of us. Now operating out of that is different. So the spirit, because it resides in us, um, we, we have to So the spirit resides inside of us, but we must allow him to work in and through us in order to experience the full benefits that he offers. So what are those benefits? Let's read on. We're going to start Acts 4, starting in verse 1. And this is going to be quite a long passage, but just hang in there with me. It's got some good stuff. And they, uh, so this is Peter and John, Peter and John were speaking to the people. The priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. 
On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated common men. They were astonished. They recognized that they had been with Jesus. We're going to skip down to verse 23. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. So last year, I studied Acts during my daily quiet time, which honestly is rarely quiet with um, a one and a three-year-old. I noticed a common theme throughout the book of Acts. Everything the apostles did was out of response to being filled with the Holy Spirit. So passage after passage noted, and filled with the Holy Spirit, they did X, Y, Z. Do you know what accompanied the filling of the Holy Spirit? Boldness. Not only did God fill them with his Spirit, but he empowered them by his Spirit, giving them the words to speak and the boldness in which to speak them. The early church over a period of only three decades, transformed an empire. The radical message of Christianity, it spread like wildfire across the world. This is absolutely impossible with man, but not God. A small group of believers in that upper room allowed the spirit and the presence of God to transform them, to empower them, and to propel them into the world to boldly proclaim the name of Jesus. Only an open vessel can be poured into. So we need to remain open to the transforming work of the Holy Spirit, to however he chooses to work in and through and around us. We can't box in the Holy Spirit, right? We are not God. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. When we limit 
and we try to put God into the framework of what how we think he should work and how we expect him to work, we are essentially, we're boxing him in and we're trying to control God. There's absolutely no way that we can control God. And when we think that we can, again, our hearts are out of alignment with his will for us and with his word. So you cannot box in God and his spirit. He, he is omniscient. He is omnipotent. He is omnipresent. He can do whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it, and however he wants to do it. So make sure that you are not, that you are not caging in the Holy Spirit. He cannot be caged. The only thing that you do when you attempt to cage the Spirit is to cage yourself. So let's talk about how do we take this information about the Holy Spirit that that the Bible teaches us that we've learned here today. And how do we put it into practice? How do we operate out of his spirit? Well, first and foremost, we invite the Holy Spirit into every area of our lives. So this is something that Drew and I, we're really getting vigilant about. Um, At the beginning of the day, we pray, God, this is your day. We give you our time. We give you our calendars. We give you what we want to get done, what we need to get done and and anything in between that we don't even know what we need to do. We ask you to do what you will to order our steps. In our finances, uh, we take every decision to God. We ask for his spirit to guide us because it's all his money anyway. You know, everything that we have, every good and perfect gift, it's all from God. The money you have in your bank account, that was given to you by God. The, the job that you have that you think you and your own strength keep, nope, that is all given to you by God. He allows you to have the job that you have to provide for you the way that it does. All of that is sifted through his hands and orchestrated by him. And it's not just our, our finances, right? It's our time, our, um, our home, our children, spouse, our job, our ministry, all of our talents. Everything is from God. And so we are to be thankful stewards. That's all we're to be, stewards, thankful stewards of what he has graciously given us. That means we give it all over to him. We acknowledge his supremacy. We acknowledge his sovereignty in every area of our lives. And then we submit to his will. Submitting, that, that's a tough word for most people I know, um, but it means letting go of our own will and control. Uh, it's, it's not lip service. It's a matter of the heart. We must put into action and put it into action and, and follow the Spirit's leading. The Holy Spirit is a gift from God. It is the continual gift of his presence. So if I give you a gift and I do not, and you do not open it, it doesn't matter if you have everything that you need in that box. If you don't open it and utilize it, it does you absolutely no good. And it is the same with the Holy Spirit. He's God's gift to us to, to be able to live victoriously um, and joyfully in this life. And if we don't open it, that gift, and if we don't utilize it and acknowledge that it's there, then it does no good, no earthly good to us. God wants us to live victoriously and to proclaim his name right now here on earth. So the question I want to ask you right now is, are you ignoring his spirit? Are you writing it off as a thing of the past that maybe only applied to the apostles? Because that's not biblical. Do you put the spirit in a box that's maybe easier to manage or control? Because obviously he cannot be boxed in. We've talked about that. 
Or are you simply uneducated about the Spirit? Maybe you know a lot about God, you know Jesus, but the Spirit, eh, not so much. You cannot separate out God from His Spirit any more you can separate out the seeds from a strawberry. They are one, and it is only through His Spirit that you can know His will. It's only through His Spirit that you are strengthened and empowered to live the life that Christ has created and called you to live. It's only through His Spirit that you can understand and apply the Scriptures. The Bible says that He will teach us His Word, that He will bring to our remembrance what we need to know. It's only through His Spirit that you're emboldened to proclaim the message and the name of Jesus to a lost and broken world. But before you can operate in the Spirit, you have to know the voice of the Spirit. And in order to do that, you have to spend time in His presence. You have to listen. So how many of you know that that when you're in a room full of kids, you can pick out the sound of your child's voice saying, Mommy, because you've spent time familiarizing yourself with your voice. You've spent time with them building a relationship. You've probably spent a lot of time trying to drown out that voice when they say it 100 million times a day. But that is the only way that you're going to be able to distinguish the voice of the Spirit from all of the other voices that are out there vying for your attention. You have to dwell in His presence. You are filled with His Spirit. He has commissioned you to go forth and to use it for His glory. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for these women here today that you have called your own. I thank you for your spirit that is always with us, that never leaves us or forsakes us. And I pray now in the name of Jesus for you to empower us with your spirit. We invite you in to take over, move into every area of our lives and transform us into your image. I pray that all we do will be a reaction to being filled with your spirit. I pray you would speak clearly to each of these women Teach them your voice so that they will be able to discern it above all others. I pray that we would live lives that honor and glorify you. Lord, we thank you for your presence that is the very breath to our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Um, I really hope you enjoyed the the message. And obviously, if you have any questions, please feel free to um, send me a message through social media or through my website, liveallison.com. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to pray for you. If there is uh, anything that you're going through that you really just need somebody to partner with you in prayer, I would love to be able to do that for you. This is um, a ministry. It's not just a a platform to speak. Um, This is is where life happens. And we are a community and we would love to partner with you in your walk with the Lord. So thank you so much for listening. You have been prayed for and I hope you have a wonderful day.